0: The Lou and Matt Podcast. Welcome along to the first Lou and Matt Podcast in uh, how many weeks? Two or three weeks, yeah. It's been a while. A couple of weeks. Uh, we've just been on a break and let me tell you, it was the lamest holiday that I've ever oh. been on.
1: Well, well, I know, because you couldn't go anywhere. I mean,
0: uh, look, it's not bad to rejuvenate, but there was lit- when you You're can't not even a rejuvenator,
1: the- let's be honest. I,
0: <laughs> when you co- I couldn't even go to the shops for half the amount of time because the shops were closed. Yeah. Thank you, lockdown. And we booked to go to Byron Bay. <laughs> well, Obviously that
1: all turned to, <laughs> yeah. you know what, yeah.
0: You know, it had a thing, right? So when... Um, me and my partner Riley booked, it was, I think it was in about June, July when yeah, we yeah, first yeah. booked. Yep. And it had, um, it said you can cancel right up till the week of. And so obviously we did cancel uh, the week before and it had the options for the reasons why you cancel. And I I think personally that these hotel sites now should put COVID as one of the options because it, I had to click other and then write in the box and I was like, duh, COVID. What do you think? COVID
1: lockdown. Yeah, you know, why do you
0: think I've, yeah. I've canceled? <laughs> Man, can you imagine how many cancellations oh, that places...
1: I just feel terrible for them. It must be awful. And I'm sure they're waiting now just hoping that Christmas is going to be much more open yeah. and that they'll be able to at least make some money over the Christmas break when, you know, we all traditionally try and get, get away knows. for a bit. So, yeah, let's hope that happens because that would being Being in the um, accommodation industry at the moment would be just... Even here
0: locally, I mean, we're we're um at the f- uh, the side front side of, of uh, Quest, yeah, and and their car park.
1: Oh, it's empty. It's, in comparison to normal. Yep,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. And the roads too, like the the Hume Freeway, has just been so empty. It's it's crazy. I remember last year I drove up to Bathurst to go to the race, mm. and um. It was eerily empty. It would be like that now, but it would be slowly starting to come out of it as we go to seventy and eighty percent. But yeah. eerie.
1: Yeah. Probably. And up with
0: Gundagai, guy, there was nobody. It was like you could
1: only trucks. They're the only pin drop. They're the only um pin drop. The un- pin drop or a pen. <laughs> Pen's a bit louder.
0: <laughs> yeah, trucks. <laughs> yeah, probably,
1: yeah that, that's it. Only trucks are the ones moving around at the moment. Anyway, they're keeping the country going. Yeah. goodness. Well, we
0: had a very interesting uh, chat with Dr. Danielle McMullen, who's the New South Wales President of the AMA, talking about all the issues when we reach the 70 and 80% target. So let's kick off the Lou and Matt podcast. First one back for a couple of weeks with that very interesting chat. Good idea. Danielle, Good morning.
1: Good morning. Now, Danielle, everyone is talking about the vaccination targets and obviously we're all eagerly awaiting some more freedoms as we reach those targets. But there's quite um, a difference in the reopening plans between Victoria and New South Wales, Victoria being much more conservative. Who do you think's got it right?
2: Well, I think it's going to be particularly hard then for your region if you've got uh, different restrictions yeah. on different mm-hmm. sides of the street. Um but we do think uh, that both regions have taken it seriously that we do need a staged reopening. It's not about opening the doors to everything all at once, it's particularly only at 70%. Um, so there will be some some small differences for a little while, but we do hope it's only a matter of weeks between that 70 and 80% threshold uh, when things do get clearer. And it really is important that people are... Um, recognise that the restrictions that ease at 70% are only pretty mild. Yes, you can have a few friends around and you can go and finally get a haircut, um, but really with some significant restrictions in place, even in New South Wales. uh, But it's just that small, that thank you for the excellent work people have done to get vaccinated.
0: Okay. So I don't want to be a pessimist, but I have a small fear in the back of my mind about Freedom Day of 80% and beyond. And I would really like to get your perspective on it. So we've never managed COVID like it's a part of our lives in any normal sense. It's nothing like what's been um, experienced in Europe or the US. We've always responded to it really aggressively. And I fear that we still might not be really ready to accept that lots of people are going to be filling up hospitals for quite some time. Now, do you think we're prepared for what's likely to come up once we do open up?
2: I think it's re- it's going to be really tough uh, and we'll enter another period with lots of change uh, and so we may see local areas going into some more restrictions temporarily while an outbreak gets under control. We will see more people be testing positive with COVID and hopefully the vast majority of them are vaccinated so it's a minor illness Uh, but we will see hospitalizations, and we will see deaths and it's going to be a challenge for the community and for governments and health services to navigate that so I think we're we're entering yet the new phase of the pandemic um, and there's going to be some tough conversations involved with that you're right. So the other thing that everyone's talking about
1: I think is actually vaccination and the fact that it is, even though we're very much urged to be vaccinated, um, it's still a voluntary thing. Do you think it's fair that that our population's being segregated into the vaccinated and the unvaccinated? Because that's essentially what's going to happen once we open up. Unvaccinated people won't be able to do a lot of things.
2: Yeah, I think it provides a really strong incentive to get vaccinated because for that Few months, um, in particular, that people who have chosen to be vaccinated then get the privilege of some more freedoms. Um, and look, it's not completely unheard of. We do similar things. There are already a number of workplaces where you can't work there if you don't have particular vaccines. We know with kids and schools and certain family um, you know, benefits that vaccination is linked to childhood vaccine uh, to yeah. The benefits are linked to childhood yeah. vaccines. Yeah. So. Uh, we know that vaccination is a huge, um, important thing to do and comes with some benefits.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, despite a little bit of fear there, I guess, because we've been through so much over the last 20 months or so, um, we're all so excited about the possibility of a much better Christmas and then a much more open 2022. And that's uh, been afforded to us by the fantastic Um, vaccination rates so well done to everybody and Dr Danielle McMullen thank you so much for guiding us through what's going to happen over the next few months and into 2022 and we'll talk to you again soon I'm sure.
2: Thanks very much and a huge thank you for everyone who's gotten their vaccine it's just been fantastic.
0: Bunnies! versus panthers an unequal fight in the animal world and potentially on the pitch too lou with the penrith panthers favorites to win the nrl grand final this weekend over russell crowe's south sydney Rabbitohs, coached by the legend wayne bennett no less um but will there even be a grand final this weekend mike eden is our go-to rugby league champ the 1983 league's best and fairest and he joins us mike good morning
3: Good morning, Matt, Lou. How are you? Exciting week this week, the biggest week in the rugby league calendar.
0: Yes, Great but... Time of the year. Come but on, Mike. Like, will it, will is it, it go, gonna ahead? go ahead?
3: Well, I just saw Andrew Abdu, our, the NRL's beloved leader, South African, as he is um, talking about the way that the NRL and the AFL, to their credit, always plan for these disasters during COVID and um, they're ready to play in Brisbane. They really want to play in Brisbane but if uh, at 9 o'clock when the, the numbers come out today, uh, they're ready to jump on a plane and go to Townsville.
1: Okay. So it looks like they're, they're just ready to play a grand final wherever it happens to be.
3: Yes and plan C would be they um, delay a week and, and try and find a, a place where they can they can have a crowd. The, the number one plan is to make sure that there is a crowd. I mean, grand final day without a crowd, yeah, I just can't see it happening.
0: No, but they could play it here, couldn't they, Mike?
3: They could, and and Wayne Bennett you know, loves coming down here. The, the Brisbane Broncos, back 20-odd years ago, played against the Rabbits at Lavington. Um, of course, the, the Rabbitohs have been here before. The Penrith Panthers, for years, sponsored our um, local rugby league team through the... Uh, yes. I mean, them Panthers, so you know there is a connection with both clubs here in Albury.
1: Let's yeah.
0: l- let's make it happen. Uh, let's a push for it,
3: look. Mike.
1: Are you, is there some backroom um, conversations happening as we speak?
3: <laughs> I can guarantee you they won't be playing in New South Wales this.
0: <laughs> oh right, okay, right. fair enough. Uh, all right, now, Mike. Um, uh, Wayne Bennett was here a couple of years back as part of the uh, Thunder um, uh, luncheon at the Commercial Club, and I remember it so well. He he, there was a cameraman, there was someone at the back like taking footage, and he goes, "Oi!" He goes, "You get out," and then he sent the cameraman out, and then he proceeded to tell us awesome stories. So I love the coaching legend Wayne Bennett, who's about seventy-one, I think now. It'd be awesome for him to win a flag, wouldn't it? Again.
3: Oh yeah, and he is probably the most successful coach ever, and the longevity, you know, 86, 87, he was at um, Canberra where they won a premiership in 88, then he went to the Broncos, won premierships there, won a premiership with the Dragons, you know, to, to win a premiership with one of their foundation clubs, the mighty Rabbitohs. um, He'd be just amazing at his age. But he's still got it, and he surrounds himself with very smart people, and his players love him. They they play for him. They, they'll go to war for him.
1: Yeah, look, he's a, a man of few words when it comes to media engagements, but uh, obviously, oh. as you said, he's very beloved by his players, right. which is what counts.
0: Lou, that luncheon, honestly.
1: He had a he, lot of words.
0: Oh, Mike, how is some he's of his... He's a character.
1: Yeah, he's yeah, a character. When, when the camera keeps, was off, but, Lou. But he keeps the lid on it yeah. normally, and... Look, I want I guess I want the Rabbitohs to win just cuz I want to see uh I want to see Rusty go off. Russell yeah. Crowe absolutely celebrate like no other.
3: Well, he's probably won it, like one of those stupid men over at uh in Perth, he'd probably snuck into Queensland and <laughs> he'll say in camo.
1: Don't be He would never.
0: <laughs> uh, oh, that'll be fun to see if, if he's if he's like dressed up as somebody else. <laughs> he goes
3: dressed as a gladiator. Or <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: All right. Well, Mike. Finally, uh, we're, we're out of time, but your prediction, please.
3: I am barracking keenly for the Rabbitohs, but I'm going to tip the Panthers. Unfortunately, Ooh, well, I think right. they're going to be too good. But I'll be passionate in red and green on Sunday. All right. Beautiful. There
0: he is. Uh, Mike Eden, thank you so much, man. And we'll uh, talk to you again very soon, I'm sure. All right. See you guys at the movies.
1: Shane A. Bassett, our movie man, joins us. Shane A., we love a good Aussie film.
4: Yes, we do. And, and today is the 27th birthday of Muriel's wedding. 1994 oh. got the release. In, and on this day, it was released in 1994.
1: Oh, wow. Oh, it's that long ago. That old. 27 years. <laughs> I feel oh. like I need to watch it again now. It's a great it's awesome movie. really
4: good. Well, it, well, it's on Amazon Prime or Binge. But I'm sure a lot of people still have the DVD of it as well laying around.
0: All right. Now, this one uh, that's a new release on Stan doesn't look like it's going to hit the heights that Muriel's wedding did. But it does look <laughs> all right. It's called Street. What's it
4: about? Uh, It's a story of a a teenage prodigy, a really good swimmer, and he's on the verge of just about making it to the next Olympics until his father, his very dodgy father, returns home from jail. All right, let's have a little listen. This is the biggest meat of your life. I will not let you lose focus. You leave what's going on at home at home.
0: Must be going on at home, Lou. Must uh, be. It's produced by Ian Thorpe, which is interesting in itself. Um, what are the issues? Can you give us much of an inkling?
4: Uh, without giving too much away, the father has a, a horrendous history with not just his son, but everyone in the family, and no one really expected him to return home. Okay. So this this swimmer is just about to get the Olympics, and if you're a sports person, that's sort of one of the pinnacles of, of something you can do. And yeah, it's, it's a very interesting story. And I think the reason uh, the producer, one of the producers is Ian Thorpe, is he may have seen the screenplay, he must have thought highly of the film itself, the project, yeah. and thrown some money behind it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Now, this one, um, Shane, a intrigues me because you've given it 9 out of 10. Oh, hello. As a brilliant crime thriller, No Sudden Move.
4: Yeah, one of the best movies of the year, I think. Uh, it is a, a, a crime thriller based uh, around some um, criminals that aren't that good. They're (laughs) amateurs, you could say. Uh, In the 1950s all they want to do is go in uh, kidnap someone, go and steal something that they own and then return the kidnapping person. They don't want anyone to get hurt and everything just go down well, but everything just spirals out of control. Oh, I love those movies. It's got
1: some great actors in it too. Benicio Del Toro, I love him in pretty well everything. Um, John Hamm, um, now, yep. here's the one from um, that TV Mad show. Men. That's it, Mad Men. And um, Don Cheadle. it looks like a great movie. Fantastic. Where <laughs> can we see that one, Shane A? Also,
4: um, also, Brendan Fraser's in it, who doesn't do a lot of movies anymore. Oh, though. there you go. Anymore. Yeah, where yeah. is that one, uh, Shane A? Um, at the moment, it is available to rent or buy on digital platforms, so you can watch it via all right, D, great. Now, on just demand. Now, very, very
0: quickly, is there any chance at all that anyone is ever going to see this bloody Top Gun movie? What the hell is going on with these big new releases? Are they ever going to be released? Yeah,
4: yeah, it will be released. You are waiting for Top Gun like me. You can't wait. Yeah, and same. It's been delayed coming up to two years. No. Um, next, 2022 oh. in May, oh, I believe. Oh, God. Now. It's been moved yet again to May. So Another year, nearly. It's crazy. It's crazy. It must be that good because, you know, usually a, a film studio will just now nowadays put it straight on streaming uh, and you can watch it. Uh, They are waiting for this movie to be on the big screen for the whole world to see. So it must be a really good film. (sighs) I know the fans are going to be excited when they see it, I'm sure.
0: All right, Shade A Bassett, thanks so much, mate. We'll catch you again next week.
4: Thank you. Bye.
0: We're all sick of hearing about COVID, so here is the non-COVID news. Uh, here's something exciting for cow owners. Oh. Like you, Lou. Wow. Introducing the product also named after you, the Lou. Oh, hello. Ah. Um, now, uh, researchers have found that cows love using a special cow toilet. No. Quote, yes, Lou, quote, the cows are at least as quick to learn as children aged two to four years, said study senior author Lindsay Matthews an animal behavioural scientist. Uh, I'd like to see all of your cows using a MooLoo so I can say to people, oh, that's my friend Lou um, who owns a MooLoo. <laughs> oh, what a
1: MooLoo, Matt. Because at the moment, our front yard is their MooLoo and there I don't go. like it.
0: Well, get on to it, Lou. You've taught a couple of uh, kids who were two and four at one stage. And yep, yeah, su- They
1: can successfully toilet. <laughs>
0: Now, Aussies have got a bit of a reputation when it comes to travelling overseas in Europe and, you know, the things they get up to. So let's hope that Skippy the Tassie kangaroo upholds that reputation after he escaped from a circus in Germany. Oh, Skippy. He was last seen bouncing his way in the direction of the UK where he undoubtedly would like to work in a pub and annoy other animals with stories about how much better Aussie rules is than soccer. (laughs) Aussie, Aussie, Aussie!
1: (laughs) What's that, Skip?
0: Good luck, my friend. (laughs) Finally, um, uh, we don't want to hear about the lady in Portugal who started lactating from her armpit, do we?
1: Yeah, of course we do.
0: That's what's. She's lactating from her armpit. Why? Some medical thing. All right, mm. let's. Uh, no, okay. we'll do something all else. Right, we'll do right. something else, though. It's distasteful. <laughs> Authorities in Turkey have been baffled after a missing persons search ended with good news, but with a strange twist. According to local media, 50-year-old Behan Mutlu had been drinking with his mates and was reported missing after he drunkenly wandered into the woodlands and never came back. Oops. His mates raised the alarm with the police and they organised a local search and rescue operation to scour the woodlands. Thing yep. is, Mutlu himself, being a top bloke, kindly joined the search party for himself. That's right. It turns out that he was one of the search party. There's no immediate explanation of how he didn't realise he was searching for himself or how his pals didn't recognise their mate in the search party. I have a fair idea the explanation could involve liquid. I'm not not 100% sure Mm, there, Lou, but I can say that. A
1: bit too soon after the big night out. And
0: there is your (laughs) non-COVID news. It's Lou and Matt.
1: Now, a couple of days ago, we talked to uh, our favourite vet, Renee, from Pet Focus Vet Care in Lavington. And she mentioned that this time of year is really a worry for snakes with our pets. Obviously, the snakes are starting to come out springtime, especially on the beautiful warm days. And um, I was already fairly acutely aware of that (laughs) when she mentioned it because our Cavalier King Charles, Jake, uh, was out with me when I was on holidays a couple of weeks ago, Mm -hmm. just out with me while I was hanging out the washing. So it's a fairly cleared area in our yard, not long grass or anything. Anyway, um, he obviously got wind of something and took off and literally it was a second. He was with me one second, the next minute he wasn't. And for some reason, Michael just said to me, where's Jake? And I said, oh, he was right here. And he called him and ran straight down. And he, he must have known something was wrong because we both ran straight over and Michael saw Jake with a red belly black snake oh. in his mouth. He was holding it by the tail. So obviously this red belly black had moved because it had hurt us around. Yeah. It was on the move, a, over a metre long, like a big snake. Yeah. On the move and Jake had grabbed its tail and it was too strong and too keen to get away and he couldn't hold on to it. So he let it go. He was so lucky he Lucky didn't it wasn't get a brown snake off. too. Oh, if it hey? was a brown, Ooh. it probably would have swung around and bitten him. Yeah. Because they don't take kindly to any kind of confrontation. Whereas the red bellied blacks seem to be a little bit more timid and just want to get away from any yes. activity. But um no surprises. We did ask on our Facebook page, Triple M the Border, if anyone's pets had had snake encounters. And I thought we might hear some stories from a while ago, but there's been some recent snake encounters already, which is, I guess, not surprising. Yeah, yeah. Um, listen to this one. So um, Jan says our 12-year-old German short head. Pointer, Axel was bitten multiple times by a tiger snake yeah. nearly three weeks ago. Only three
0: weeks ago. And Ooh. it's been
1: touch and go for that time, but the vet thinks that he's turned the corner and is finally on the improve. Oh,
0: he deserves a round <laughs> of oh, applause, Axel. Get better soon, it. buddy.
1: But can I just say, and I know we don't think about this when we think about our pets, but oh, the cost of oh, yeah. treating um animals for snake bite is quite high because yeah, yeah. Um, obviously the anti-venine is really expensive um and yes tash says unfortunately our cat got bitten by a brown three days ago very expensive but she's at home recovering well that's good news but yeah just oh keep an eye out but i think my favorite of all of the uh comments and we've had lots is um darren who said my jack has killed five browns. Oh, jeez. Little Jack Russell. <laughs> oh, um, Which is, you know, that they're renowned for being great at, at killing oh, snakes. <laughs> but he has said a bit later on, there have been a couple of comments, and he said he's a little bit worried that he might eventually lose. And, and I guess that's the danger, you know. But it goes to show, too, you don't have to be out in the bush or on a farm for your... Um, animals right. to be in trouble. They can get bitten in suburbia.
0: Yeah, take care. On Saturday, History was made after 57 years the Melbourne Demons finally won the Premiership again. 1964 was the last time and uh, I'm a little concerned I'm thinking maybe I shouldn't do this Lou because this might push him over the line but I thought, you know, it's fair's fair. We should let's let's see if it uh, should play at any time. Come on, play the Demons. There it is. Here we go, Lou. It's a grand old flag, Lou. A high flag. Here we flag. go. It's a grand old flag. It's... Now, um, our mate, Brett, from Wodonga, he's a huge Demons fan. He's in his 40s now, so he's had 40-plus years of not seeing his team win the Premiership. We thought we'd touch base and just see whether he's keeping it under control, didn't we?
5: Yeah.
0: Uh, Brett, good morning. <laughs> How are you, Brett? Hey, mate. Hey, hey, Matt. Yeah,
5: going well. Going really well. What do you oh, think oh, when you hear me. that, mate? Oh, I'm getting tingles.
1: Did you sing I'm, it I'm, loud I, and proud on Saturday?
5: I tried to, but I had to keep it quiet because the kids were in sleep. So um, <laughs> Stuff them. <laughs> I know, I know. I got, in, I got in trouble a couple of years ago when I woke the house up, so um, I've got to keep it some <laughs> <cheese Oops>. now. <laughs>
0: uh, I'll tell you what, though. You would have cried. I reckon you would have cried.
5: I reckon would oh, have I had tears you. in my eyes, yeah. It's meant a lot for my family, that's for sure. Um Going back to my late grandfather, he he passed away 25 years ago, and he was the one that took me to my first game at the G down in Melbourne, and Aww. yeah, so uh, no, 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 there it, 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 there'd be stories like that all over the country with um, families that have followed Melbourne and um, how the red and blue were in their veins, but we just couldn't do a thing, and we were the we were the kicking. The kicking team, you know, we were the ones that got kicked when we were down. Yep,
0: and you deserved it. I was did. sitting
5: there and it was, it was amazing. I couldn't believe it. Oh, well um, done. Let's halfway, s- halfway through that third quarter, I was sitting there and I'm like, um, you know, muting the TV because I couldn't stand Brian Taylor going nuts about the Bulldogs. And then <laughs> we just went bang, bang, bang. Oh. And then we're like,
0: oh, here we go. It was Very amazing. Good. It was amazing.
1: Pretty incredible and well, so, so on, good. Mate. And so good for everyone that's... Uh, that stuck by them. Pretty hard to to stick by a team for that long. I would have thought, Brett.
5: Uh no, I was never, never, never wavered, never, never, never wavered, never tempted. That's um, the tragedy of
0: uh, football supporters, yeah. Lou. In a lot of ways, that, it is. It's the triumph yep. and the tragedy because. You know, I'm leaving it now the tragedy, though obviously being a crow supporter, <laughs> yeah. but you've just gotta stay you've gotta stay st- you've gotta stay strong, the course. You know, you've got to stay the course and hopefully, you know, there's there's one more fairy tale and that's probably St Kilda now, but they seem a fair way off. Totally. But Melbourne got it finally after fifty seven years. Brett from Wodonga, thanks for joining us, mate. You're a, a true demon's tragic and you can now <laughs> enjoy this for a long, long time.
5: Yeah, I've watched the replay about three times or four times <laughs> since, since it's finished. And it's only Tuesday.
0: Uh, Except that second quarter. <laughs> and it took a, uh, an Adelaide Crows champion to get you over the line, of course, Simon Goodwin, the coach. Oh, nice. He's a former Crows. What coach. a legend. So you're welcome. Uh, it's Lou and Matt. Well done, Freddie. <laughs> the Lou and Matt Podcast. And that's it for the Lou and Matt
1: Podcast. We will uh, have another one for you on Wednesday, but we'll catch you Tuesday morning from 6 on the Borders 105.7 Triple M.
0: Catch ya.